we risk everything because we took the most talented employees from all our companies and added them to this new company, leaving everything we worked for years. Financially, it was a huge risk, not just because we put our money in and we put our time in, it's because we took all our dedication and took resources from other companies to make this one successful. Welcome to Fascinating Entrepreneurs. How do people end up becoming an entrepreneur? How do they scale and grow their businesses? How do they plan for profit? Are they in it for life or are they building to exit? These and a myriad of other topics will be discussed to pull back the veil on the wizardry of successful and fascinating entrepreneurs. My book, Relentless, is now available everywhere books can be bought online, including Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Try your local indie bookstore too, and if they don't have it, they can order it. Just ask them. The reviews are streaming in, and I'm so thankful for the positive feedback, as well as hearing from people that my memoir has impacted them positively. It is not enough to be resilient. You have to be relentless. You can go to therelentlessbook.com for more information. Thank you so much. Stas Zaslavsky is a serial entrepreneur and digital marketing expert. Since 2007, Stas has founded multiple successful companies and today focuses solely on his new startup, VII Events, a 3D, 360 degree virtual and hybrid events platform. We talk about what it's like to run a startup, being profitable from the first client, and what challenges they're facing today. Now let's get right into it. So I'm coming from marketing aspect. Um, since 2007, I've been working in high tech in various companies. And I started my own company very early after my army service. I was a developer at the army then. I kind of switched to marketing and fell in love in marketing. Me and my partner we created in 2007 our first company, which called One V Steel, working up to date, focusing on digital marketing for enterprise companies. Then in 2013, we decided that we don't want to grow to become a very big marketing studio. So we started open other companies that will use the skills that we acquired and some finance from us. And we created the biggest cooking studio in Israel. It's located in Tel Aviv, in the heart of Tel Aviv. It's 1,000 meters square, hosting 64,000 people per year. It was a huge success, so we didn't stop there. 2017, we opened another company called Triple D, which doing 3D illustrations for architects. And that's where I was fascinated by the 3D world. And so the last thing we are coming to VI events. So 2020, I'm happy with my life, <laughs> working twice a week at most, like all the business are booming. Each of those businesses are very successful, very profitable, reaching for several millions of revenue and profit each year. But it all was a service company. So I always dreamed to be a proper startupist, open a startup, do something that will leave a legacy. And then in 2020, we start to hear from our customers at one the digital marketing agency, that their events are being canceled in APEC, like early January, China, Taiwan, all those areas that are suffered from COVID before it hit Europe, before it hit Americas and the mainland. So they reached us as their digital events, digital marketers, experts, and asked for what we are knowing that field, how they can do go. Like the virtual events was even a term in Google, like you type no results. 
And I came with idea to combine all our skills that we acquired through the years, like taking our marketing expertise and development in the web fields, then combining it with the 3D experience that we newly acquired in 2017. And I pitched to one of the customers the, this idea of creating 3D virtual events. What I thought at the time would, why 3D? Like I thought that the tools that currently been used and been used before COVID, they kind of didn't tell the event story. They helped to pass the conference. They helped to stream the event if it was in some space, physical, they streamed the session online. But you could not feel the event excitement, the storytelling elements. Those all enterprise companies, they invest hundreds of thousand dollars into the branding of the venue. And suddenly in COVID, it's all lost. So we pitched this idea, created the POC with your paying customers. So we've been lucky enough and it's debatable now, but we've been lucky enough to working with paying customers from day one. They paid us for the POC. We created an event for 400 people from 300 companies and they loved it. They loved it so much that after the event, third of that attendees reached us and said, we want the exact thing for our company. And we found ourselves with very unique problem. We had a lot of potential customers with no product. Like it was a POC, rough edges all around. And, and when when and did you when did you start the company and when was your first event? Yes. So we started to pitch our idea in January. It was January 15th. So that's when we started to play with the concept and the idea. Of 2020. And, yes, of 2020. And our first POC event was on February 26th. So it was a nightmare to produce. We worked shifts around the clock. Like How big was your team? I mean, you had to have had a big engineering team, a big development team. We've been lucky enough because like I told you, we had previous employees in all of our companies. We had 26 employees in our 1V company, which most of them web developers and digital marketeers. And we had more than 40 people that are mainly 3D artists in a 3D agency, Triple D. So we took all the forces we can get and... Of course, I myself was boots on the ground. My partner was an amazing CTO. I think he's a genius <laughs> level CTO. He was involved in many interesting projects with many unicorns that come from Israel, like Itoro, if you're familiar with them in the finance business. And he was one of the first developers there. So we had a very brilliant team that worked around the clock. It was felt like we are up to something and we wanted to get birth to this amazing <laughs> idea that born in my mind. It's amazing. So how did founding and owning and running the other companies cut the ramp up for this new business endeavor? So it was a huge challenge because one day I pitched the idea. I didn't expect it to go right away so fast. And customers said, oh, Mobile World Congress canceled for us. I want us to keep the original date and do our event using the same book we plan to have in Mobile World Congress in our own virtual world. So when I understood that we are up to something, I told all my partners in our businesses, because fortunately enough, I'm not alone. And I told, I'm going to embark on a dream that I had for a very long time. And I'll need you guys. Some of you will not join our group. Like we have five entrepreneurs, five childhood friends. We're friends since 16, since school days. So I asked several of them to take care of all our businesses that we have together, cooking studio, triple D, 1V, and myself, Arnold, and former CEO, Leo Ostick, former CEO of triple D. We all left all our commitments behind. And we knew if we want to succeed as a startup, like 
opening a company is a challenging thing. I don't need to tell you. But opening <laughs> a startup during a pandemic, it's so much uncertain. Looking back then, we've been really crazy, but it's our dream. And when you dream something, and if you don't take the shot, you will regret it all your life later on. That's so do you consider goes. this company a SaaS company, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So how are you carving out a spot for this company amidst the 150 plus virtual event platforms that have sprung up since that time and a few of them that were already in existence? Absolutely. So first of all, big kudos to all the companies that are there in the beginning. They are pivoted the way like for all us to start this and bring in like 2020 skyrocket the whole entire field. But I must admit, VFairs, meet you. In Trado now, they are notified. They're been before COVID and they kind of pivoted the way for all those expansions that happened very fastly during 2020. Like you mentioned, there's many companies, many have different angles and some of them feed for a music festivals, other feed for a small gatherings under 100 participants. Some of them are right for trade shows, expos. So there are so many types of events for different size of audiences for a different user experience than this experience that you want to give. So there's unlimited space for even many more other companies to grow in the field. And I expect it will happen and continue to happen with the whole metaverse expansion. Now the metaverse is the buzzword of 2021. I know. I mean, one thing you have to say is love it or hate it. For your business, Mark Zuckerberg throwing his entire weight into the metaverse is like super branding for your company. Absolutely. We still don't use officially the word metaverse because the word itself is so powerful. And I think some of the people like jumped on a bus before <laughs> understanding what the word means. We plan to go into metaverse. And I think the technology, the technology itself and the audience that using the technology need to gain some levels until it will be truly a metaverse and not some specific initiatives that are done by one or another company. But so how are you standing out amongst all of the choices? So we took for ourselves a very unique spot. We're focusing on enterprise companies that are doing big events, relatively big events, not like Web Summit events, but events that are from 500 to 2,000 in average. And in many cases, like the biggest event we done was 50,000 with 23,000 people joining in the same second. How did that work out? (laughs) Fortunately enough, amazingly, we tested our platform for 100,000 people joining in the same time and it went successfully, but still it was the biggest event we done. It was the most important event we done. Why? Can you say what it was? Yes. I think six, seven months ago, it was a government supported program event for a COVID relief jobs for people who lost jobs during COVID. 50 top leading companies in Israel lined up and gave 17,000 opportunities for new jobs for people to join during the event. That's amazing. So you're launching this business, you're having the biggest event you've ever had, and you're doing a great service to those that really need it. Absolutely. That's the one of the points. So I'll summarize, like just I'll answer your question. So what's special about us? First, our platform, not just a template, it's create unique stories for unique events that add value for those environments. Like it's not just a random 3D room that you go into and experience something and then you see it in 10 different other events or hundreds of events. Each event that's created on our platform is unique and it tells a story. Second of all, because we are from digital marketing experience and we are digital marketers at heart still, I'm huge in marketing. 
we focus on real-time personalized analytics. So we create opportunities and enterprises that are about leads, conversions, and a lot of heavy data converted into action in real time. So we allow them with vast integrations to all leading marketing automation platforms like Marketo, Salesforce, HubSpot, and MailChimp in real time to monitor the activities of the attendees and to offer them a personalized journey in our platform that will serve them and serve the company. So in many cases, most of our customers doing 200 to 300 return of investment on the event they've done, and they're doing it in a fraction of the cost from in-person event or any other platform, because for us, keeping it affordable and reusable, like we sell yearly license, yeah. unlimited options for an unlimited number of events. So eventually it's very small money for enterprise companies. How long would it take you though to build out an environment? So I'm assuming the lead time is more lengthy than just popping into an existing room. Absolutely. So we have several options when customers start to work with us. We have our partners that help us to create 3D worlds and you can work with any of them. We can train the company designers. Many of enterprise companies have designers at their company, so we can train them. Our platform, you can import there a lot of different 3D formats and not just 3D, 2D images as well and create out of it a really fast, pretty unique venue. So that's one option. Second option, we can create a custom template for you, which usually takes something between three to four weeks for a mid-size venue. Mid-size, I mean like 40 sponsors, three, four auditoriums, reception, and some other areas that you can like for networking or for gamification. So it's relatively fast and we are working on the ways that improve this process even further. We created now a POC. We are supposed to launch it sometime, I think, midst this year which has a 3D builder, web-based 3D builder. You can, like Wix style, drag and drop, create unique 3D venues. You can upload a picture, like take a picture out of your house, then use different booths designs, customize them. Everything is customizable. Everything is changeable. And even if you, when you use this drag and drop tool, it doesn't create template. It creates a unique design that tells the story. That's amazing. So the next question that is wafting around in my brain is, you started this company in January of 2020. It's now January of 2022. When do you think that you'll start seeing a profit or have you already? That's a question that I hate to answer because we a bootstrapped company. We started with paying customers. We started around, around the four investment recently, but we haven't finished it yet. We kind of paused it through the holidays and we are resuming it now. And one of the things that investors hate about me that I'm profitable from day one. We started with paying customers, so we grew according to our customers. It's helped us to develop a very tailor-made product. We didn't develop something and then we searched for the audience. We developed our product from the requests, from the event organizers, from the digital marketers, from the field. So our product uniquely fits the desire and most of the dreams of our customers. So well, let's break that down. The- let's back that up because I can imagine what the startup costs are to start creating this business, both with overhead, including employees and such, but also the money and time spent building the infrastructure of the actual platform. So there's an expense there, right? And then you do your first event, they're a paying customer, but I can't imagine that first event paid for all of the beginning to happen. But, Absolutely not. Yeah. So 
but then let's keep going as you're doing more events, right? You have more expenses, you have continual payroll, you have continual overhead, and then you're now in the race with everyone else to keep improving. You can't just create something amazing and then stop, right? You have to create something amazing and keep leveling up. So it's fun, but it's also expensive. And now you have other clients buying and doing their events. So it's hard for me to wrap my head around how you stay profitable, but I'd love for you to teach us, everyone who's listening, how that happened. I will need to back a little bit on my personal story. So I didn't come from rich parents and I didn't have any help. And so same things goes to my partners. We come not from very rich families, very average. My mom had divorced and went to Israel from USSR. So everything that we achieved in life, to everything that we gained financially or any other way, we've done it for hard work and for taking a lot of educated risks. If you're an entrepreneur, you cannot succeed unless you're willing to risk and put everything on a black spot on a roulette and roll it. But you need to understand that you might lose what you want to lose and what you can afford to lose. And then you need to have a clear vision, a program, a guidance, all the necessary team members, tools to succeed. Like you don't gamble. It's not a gamble. It's an educated decision, let's say like that. So what happened when we started BI events? First time we've been in the right time because each time when we opened businesses before, we didn't have a financial backup for it. Like we took some money from home, took some loans from a bank, took some government program money. This time we had been lucky enough that all of our founders had a financial good background till that point. We earned a lot of money in our previous businesses. We had secured our financial for ourselves, like both houses. So our life was already comfortable. So each of our founders contributed the starting money for the company. And even now we are working at one third of salary for the founders team at what the market pays. If we would were hired by some other companies, like if we would go and do our jobs in different place. And yes, you're right. So the, the first event we did, the POC event, they kind of paid for all the extra efforts, but everything eventually came out of our pockets. We went into huge development and we risked everything because we took the most talented employees from all our companies and added them to this new company, leaving everything we worked for years in a very fragile situation. So financially, it was a huge risk, not just because we put our money in and we put our time in, it's because we took all our dedication and took resources from other companies to make this one successful. Right. So what is your current number one challenge in this business today as we're speaking or tonight because it's nine o'clock where you're at? Number one challenge for us, and it's again going to sound funny, is to convince the right investor to believe in us because we did receive terms, but we want to receive the terms from one top investor to receive a big check that will suffice for our huge roadmap. We have so much innovation coming up. I want to share some down the line, down the interview. I will share some great news that are exclusively shared with you now. Oh, yeah, We just planned them today and we're going to release them very soon, like two new products that are coming by from our company. And I'll, we can discuss them later down the road. Okay. Well, this next question I have for you may be when you mm-hmm. divulge this information, 
And that is, what is your biggest strategy for growth for this year? It's the same strategy like before. Even if we take the money from the investors and we are really looking forward to it, we still want to be very connected with the industry, especially event industry. So our first plan is to go and secure as many strategic partnerships with event organizers around the globe. We, in the beginning of a previous year, we started our relationship with Catch the Mice, their UK-based event, the mice industry event organizer company. And they are our boots in the ground in Ireland and UK. Mm. And we have, of course, event organizers in Israel that we are working with. And we're expanding now into the United States and APAC. We are securing now a very excited opportunity in APAC, which I cannot discuss publicly yet, but... Ah. I will let you know first. I will keep it in a secret and I'll let you know first. Okay. But the biggest growth, because all those event industry professionals, they hold all the keys. They have those relationships with the customers for 10, 20 years. You cannot replace it by being a cool platform. You mm-hmm. cannot build those relationships in one day. It's trust that you need to gain and you need to earn. And those professionals, some of them unfortunately left behind because some of them, kind of waited that COVID is going to blow away and everything going to back to what they knew for, for a long time. And they are now understanding that's not too late. Never is too late. Like, I'll take it to my field for a second. Like tomorrow, somebody thinks of a new cool tech for virtual platform or hybrid platform. So they don't need to open because there are 200 companies. If that was the case, Monday will never happen. Weeks <laughs> will never happen. So many great technologies that we love today would never happen. So it's never too late. Stas talked about competing in the marketplace, innovation, and how many hours entrepreneurs really put in when running their businesses. For more information, go to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. Want to know more about me? Go to my website, officialnatashamiller.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved the show. If you did, please subscribe. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please leave a review where you're listening to this podcast now. I'm Natasha Miller, and you've been listening to Fascinating Entrepreneurs.